Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 221 of the Canadian Football Countdown and proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan, Adam, and Trey here this evening bringing you our Week 10 CFL preview. We'll take a look at the major matchup storylines, the fantasy players to watch, and our betting picks for each of the games this week. We'll also touch on some breaking news uh, from around the CFL off the top of the show. Uh, we are live as well on a variety of different platforms, our YouTube, uh, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter pages, thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca. If you're joining us live, send your comments and questions in the live chat. We'll take a look at them. We'll read them off. We'll respond to them. Uh, let us know if you have any questions you want us to answer throughout the show by putting them in there. Uh, before we go any further, we also do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's bring in the rest of our panel this evening. I'm Ryan, I'm joined first off by... A man, you never know where he's going to be when he's recording a podcast. Is he at his desk? Is he on his couch? Is he on top of a combine? Where is he today? The great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you doing today? Well, I'm not on a combine or my office, but I'm still on a couch because, uh, yeah, my my monitor gave out last week and I haven't had a chance to go look for one yet. So once I get a chance, I'll go do that. But uh, in the meantime, you get to put up with my famous blue couch. Right on. Uh, and joining us here this evening as well, uh, a man who's never afraid to pull out the whiteboard even when his team's up 29 points. Oh, uh, is the great Trey Colbeck. How are you doing today? I was going to say, Adam, is that the second most famous couch on the internet? But uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, my whiteboard's behind me. I don't want to see any more double fake reverses from any team in this league this year. That was the most brutal thing I've ever seen. I made my point on Adam's talk show yesterday. Oh, who, I, my name's for, uh, I can't remember, but someone in the discord was even like, you guys are complaining being up 30. Yes. When you do that garbage. Yes. Like <laughs> that. Oh man. Uh, anyway, that's something from longest yard when they're playing in the mud, you know, in the prison yard there. So I don't want to see it, but yeah, I'm here today. Man, I'm tired. So let's uh, let's get some stuff going here. I had my so one vacation day kind of today. I had like one kind of day off, and I spent it at the beach. And I hate beaches, so that's kind of what I'm at right now. So you're saying that double reverse uh, was just some schoolyard BS, like they would say in the old longest yard, eh? Oh yeah, like only Adam Sandler and all those guys can make a play like that happen. At least, at least yeah, triple, go if you're going to go double game. reverse, go at least triple reverse. Oh, right? Just keep right. it going. Triple reverse with a flea flicker. Fajardo, Fajardo, not Fajardo, Caleros is one of the least athletic looking guys out there. Like Mahomes would have did. Like so there's a bunch of guys that could have made that look sick. Caleros is just like, I don't know. Anyway. Well, if you want to, if you want to uh, hear it about Trey drawing up plays on the whiteboard, if you want to hear uh, any of our other additional content as well, uh, check out our Discord community. Also, by the way, we've got uh, we've got live game chats going for every game every week. Lots of fantasy content there. We've got people throwing prop bets out, and we've even got a bonus live episode every week. Normally, it's Mike and I on the drive home call-in show. We were away on vacation yesterday, so Adam recorded a nice little recap of week number nine. Uh, from on top of the combine, 
so, uh, so kudos to you, Adam, for stepping in and doing that. Thanks for doing that yesterday. And uh, if anybody wants to check that out, it's uh, you can catch the audio replay in our uh, audio podcast feed there as well. Uh, before we get into previewing the games from here tonight, guys, uh, we did get some breaking news from the team that is on a bye this week, which is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And the news is that Tommy Condell has been uh, has mutually parted ways with the Tiger Cats, their offensive coordinator. Uh, Scott Milanovic, he's been uh, on the staff as an advisor. He's going to take over the play calling now going forward. And my super quick response to this is it's about dang time. We've been calling for uh, Condell to lose his job here because his play calling has been just stale and brutal and not effective for quite some time now. I, I think it wasn't effective last year with Dane Evans. I think it wasn't effective this year. So far with all the quarterbacks they've had there, uh, you've taken a couple of big-name receivers like Duke Williams and Tim White and rendered them almost non-existent in that offense at times. Uh, I'm super happy to see them make this move on the bye week. I think having an, an offensive mind like Milanovic is going to be huge for that Ty Cats offense and hopefully huge for the likes of a guy like James Butler, uh, who's playing well, just not getting all the touches he should. Uh, what do you guys think, quickly, on uh, Hamilton uh, making this move here, Trey? Uh, what, what does Shania Twain say? I gotta go up from here? I guess so. Like, that's, right? like, up, up, up. I guess that's all. I don't know. It's a very interesting move. I guess it was time, but, like, I guess Milanovic. I've never been a fan of his. I know a lot of people like him. I just personally haven't been. But, hey, let's see how it goes. Adam? I think uh, he must have got Reddit go because he was going crazy because in the last few weeks, I mean, James Butler actually has done some uh, a little bit of uh, stuff going on, has had some stuff going on lately. Uh, so I don't know if they just let him go because he was changing his ideas. I doubt it. They wanted to use uh, James Butler more, I think. And uh, I mean, you look at what they bring in, Scott Milanovic, he's a very good quarterback kind of coach. Uh, he does very well with young quarterbacks, so that uh, having a guy like Taylor, Taylor Powell in there right now is probably a real benefit to have Scott Milanovic there. Uh, the only thing I never like about an offensive coordinator going in the middle of a season is you then need to learn a new playbook pretty much because the new offensive coordinator have a different playbook than what you're used to with Tommy Condell and the longtime Tiger Cats, uh, again, t- uh, Tim White and those guys like that, are going to eventually, they got to learn a new playbook again. So could be a little bit of an adjustment. They will definitely be uh, firing at all cylinders after a little while. I'll tell you that. Uh, Milanovic does not take uh, losing lightly. So I think that the Ticats are better for this. Uh, it was time. And I think that this whole team is going to get blown up in the offseason no matter what. Uh, we'll see how far it gets blown up, though, uh, when we get to the offseason. Yeah, and it's a guy you had on staff already, too, in Milanovic, so the coach's cap doesn't come into an issue here, too, right? That's, that's I think, a big reason you make this move. You probably don't if you don't have him on staff already. Yeah, and the other thing is with it is uh, that's why I don't like this coach's cap. Again, it's a guy that's been a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator or a uh, head coach, again, in the CFL before. You're not allowing new talent new coaching talent to come into this league very easy, right? I mean, if you don't have that coaching cap right now, you could easily bring in another guy that maybe from the U.S. uh, 
uh, an NFL guy that has maybe NFL caliper, maybe had some NCAA caliper and do it fairly easily. Now you got to worry about dollars and cents and all that. And you ruin the fun out of maybe getting a new coordinator uh, and somebody that could be new and exciting for this league. So that, it's kind of recycling stale. And I don't like that. That being said, Scott Malavich is a great coach. So uh, it was a good choice for what you can do, but in another way, boy, I should love to see some new coaches. I got a whiteboard. <laughs> I'm, I'm free. I'm available. I, I, I give it I give it like three weeks tops before Condell has some other job in the CFL because the same coaches bounce around everywhere. And I don't know what kind of role it will be. It might not be in a coordinator role, but I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him land somewhere. Actually, that's interesting. When, was it last year when Kahari went as an advisor somewhere, right? He yeah. went... Does that count as salary cap because I are a coach's cap? Because I wonder if that's a sneaky way of getting him in your organization. And maybe yeah, I could I see mean, him going that way. To me, it, it works. But again, if you want to bring somebody in, it just, it just sucks that you can't do it when you want to do it. I mean, yeah. you look at the, oh, yeah. look at my team. I mean, Saskatchewan pretty much is almost – I don't want to say being held hostage because he's had a good game last week, but been held hostage. I mean, to – having to have guys in the football ops that maybe they don't want. They made one change because they could. Otherwise, they can't really afford to. So it sucks. And I really don't like the coach's cap, and I will never like the coach's cap. And let's move on because we got a lot of things to talk about tonight. Yeah, agreed. And we'll talk, obviously, more about what this means for the Cats when we get to our preview the following week uh, for them there. But uh, first game of this week, uh has some interesting storylines here as well we've got winnipeg uh heading to edmonton on thursday night edmonton coming off the bye obviously here game is at 9 p.m eastern time uh adam uh what are the big storylines here i think i know what they are but uh why don't you tell us well winnipeg i mean it's a whole lot of nothing to be honest with you because this is kind of a weird situation in winnipeg they never changed a single player from their depth chart from the last week. Uh, you don't see anybody different. You don't see any changes. And when you win by 50, unless you do a double reverse into a uh, – uh, otherwise, you don't make no changes. I mean, if you would have nailed the double reverse, uh, yeah, you don't make no changes if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now. You just finished pounding the BC Lions into the ground, and now you're playing the Edmonton Elks, who I think the big thing we got to talk a little bit about – uh, is two things. One, it's a new offensive coordinator in town. Uh, Jarius Jackson now takes over as the Edmonton Elks head coach, or not head coach, uh, takes over as the offensive coordinator. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, keyword I should put there, not yet. Uh, so uh, first things first, give me your uh, thoughts about Jarius Jackson taking over as OC over in Edmonton. Trey? Sorry, I muted myself there. Uh kind of indifferent again because i kind of think it's the same thing as in hamilton where you're just getting a guy who's already in the system just because you can't do anything because of salary cap and i'm sure chris jones takes up 90 percent of that right so it's real hard to do but again it's fresh ideas new things god and edmonton needs new things oh my god uh, and, and i'm really interested and i wonder I wonder what kind of connection this guy has with Trey Ford, right? A little bit more than the other past people have, because I wonder if that played into it. But I also think we're talking about salary cap. You're paying Cornelius 400000 roughly, and now he's sitting on your bench, and you got Trey Ford on a Canadian rookie contract, probably. 
E. I know that's football next man up, but just a lot going on in Edmonton. And I think they could you imagine their first home win now? This is what we're going to talk about maybe with betting, and we see this 12 and a half. Could you imagine their first home win in, what, four, three, four seasons now against Winnipeg right now after everything? Or, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll save my pick for later on on that as well, but it certainly has a bit of a trap game vibe, and it, it, there's a lot of unknown, and that's because there's so many unknowns with Edmonton right now. By week, they make some changes, offense coordinator, coach, uh, you know, offense coordinator, a starting quarterback. Uh, those are some big changes. They get a big piece back on the offense as well. Uh, with Manny Arsenault coming back this week. Well, a, a decent-sized piece, I would say. You know, he, he, he has a couple good looks each game um, there. So I don't know what to make of what the, to expect of this Elks offense because I have such high hopes for them coming into this year, and it's just been such a disappointment so far. But the moves they made, I, I think I like them. I, I think having a former quarterback be the play caller for quarterbacks that – you know, are struggling right now and, in, and developing, I think is going to be huge for, for the team much, much better than what McAdoo was able to produce. Well, I'm just going to say it simply. I, I like Jarius Jackson in there. I think that he's at least got a little bit different playbook than what you've seen on a McAdoo. McAdoo has really not been, I mean, if the, he's the key definition of vanilla, it's been that way when he was in Saskatchewan. Uh, he did that again. I started doing it again in Edmonton. I like the change. I mean, you got to have do something to get some attention, and you can't have two shutouts in a row against the same team. It's just almost impossible. Uh, what I did not like is that Steve Sorrells is still there. I mean, as an offensive coordinator, uh, as an O-line coach, that O-line has been getting beat very often. It has not allowed Kevin Brown to get any pre- uh, run really going this season so far. Um, I just don't like it. So uh, Steve Sorrells, I think, should be the next guy if there is. However, maybe Jarius Jackson can maybe convince him to move his offensive line somehow a little bit differently and see what they can get going. I mean, they've got a running quarterback going in this week. We all know that. Trey Ford is going to be the starter this week against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh what does he need to do to be successful here, guys? I asked this question a few times over to a little while, but uh, Ryan, what does Trey Ford need to do to possibly, like, is, is there anything he can do to be uh, not getting destroyed by Willie Jefferson every second play? I think it just needs to make smart passes. That's something I, I somewhat recall in his couple of starts last year, right? It was, again, much like we've seen with a lot of these running quarterbacks coming into the league. they they're great. They're mobile. They can make plays happen with their legs. But then when they try to throw the ball, sometimes there's these mistakes that you don't want to see your quarterback making. Right. So I, I think he's just got to play smart football and, you know, that it may not lead to a win this week. Uh, you know, maybe we see something like what the riders did with Mason fine, which is, you know, not great in that first start, a very conservative play call for them. Right to ease him into things. If you think Trey Ford is going to be your starter going forward, um, but uh, you know you want to build off of things and give him some confidence in there, and trying to force things when you shouldn't be is not going to help him get the confidence he needs. Trey, no, I agree. 
oh man, I'm torn in this one. Like the blue, the blue bomber fan in me obviously wants the D, that D line to just terrorize the poor kid, but then there's the rational football betting gambler degenerate in me that's like. Trey Ford could just run for 150 plus yards and pass for 150 and eke out a, a field goal win or a rouge win, right? We've seen it how many times before in this league. Chris Strebler's almost done it. I'm not trying to poke fun at him. We've seen running quarterbacks be able to do it where you can just kind of run in situations. And, you know, Crum got some big runs that, you know, were good enough to beat the Bombers. I don't know. I, I, I think he needs he needs to do a little, I don't think he needs to do too much of one thing. He needs to do a little bit of everything enough, right? He, he needs to win the turnover battle for most of all. So if his defense is able to get him one, then, you know, he's got some like a little bit of leash, but if his defense can't get him one, then he's got to play perfect that way. I think he's got to run for those first downs on second and short, get out of the pocket. You can't be setting up second and long because Jefferson, Jeff coat and the rest of them sack you. You need to be, getting out of the pocket and throwing it away or doing things that mobile quarterbacks do while also not turning over the ball, which I think it will be a tough order. But like I've said, we like we have to remember Tom Brady was the very last draft pick of the NFL draft around. He was, we see these guys come in and this guy wasn't the last by any means he was in the first, but you know, I don't know. Is he Nathan Rourke 2.0? No, no, but, you know, I think he can definitely do it. I, I, just, I just think he's set up for failure with his system. You know, like, I think most busts aren't on the player. They're on the team. So if he busts, I, I put it on Edmonton more than I put it on Trey Ford. But I, I, I want, I'm really interested in this game because it's either feeding the poor kid to the wolves or it's going to be the biggest story of the year. Like I said, they break their home wind drought against the Bombers, right? It's set up for a yeah. Netflix movie, right? Like it's set up for a movie right now. Either way, and it's great. No, I agree. I think that uh, right now, what I'm looking at for Trey Ford is it's his second year. Uh, yeah, he hasn't started with the uh, first team this year, but I want to see some progression in him. Not maybe running the ball all the time. I've said this lots of times with other quarterbacks like Fajardo and like Mason Fine. Uh, I don't want to see him running the ball all the time. I want to see him actually stand in the pocket, make the pass when he needs to make the pass. Uh, you nailed it right on the head, though, Trey. Uh, I think that the interceptions will be an interesting part of this game. Uh, if Marius Houston gets going and starts making a lot more picks, like he's done all this year so far for the Blue Bombers, I think this could be a very, very long game for Edmonton Elk fans. Uh, sorry again to the guys from the Turf District. On a side note, Trey, I also wanted to mention, you did mention him, the recently free agent, Chris Trevler. I uh, did want to bring him up with the Bombers here real quick. Uh, is there anybody in the CFL that's going to sign this guy? I know I hate talking about him, but you know what? Anybody interested, do you think? Uh, we'll just go through that really quickly, and then we'll get on to fantasy. TSN Great. panel. Uh, I'll take TSN panel. I, I would love to see him in that fur coat with uh, Steagle. But no, seriously, if there was one team, hmm. Are you sold on fine and the other guy, Adam? Like, I know you don't have a thing with Strevler, but would you take, like, be honest, without your prejudice against Strevler, would you take him over what you got, what you have? No. No? I wouldn't. Okay. I, no, I don't like running quarterbacks right off the bat. Okay. I mean, Strevler runs and then can, I don't think Strevler can make a decent deep pass. 
So See, I would, I, I if, would I was, take if I was Saskatchewan or Edmonton, because I would rather put Streveler in against the Bombers this week. If you could have gotten him on a plane this week, I would put him against the Bombers and give Trey Ford maybe a couple more weeks to get, then put Trey Ford in. Cause I think you're really putting Trey Ford to the Wolves here, but any other team, what other team would he fit in? I don't think you're going to go Toronto. Cause Kelly will be, if Kelly, you know, Kelly is not that hurt. I don't. Ottawa's got their guy. Montreal's pretty much a game time decision officially, but they got their guy. Hamilton, I don't think they have the salary cap um, unless they go. But all these it. teams, but all these teams could use the depth, right? Because they're on their second, third. That's fourth true. Quarter. But I think I think Strebler personally would rather just sit at home with his NFL pension too than be a third stringer in the CFL. He'll he'll maybe come if someone says, "Here's two hundred fifty thousand play our starter for the rest of the year." Right, but if if I'm him, who's also got an injury on his throwing thumb, also has an NFL pension, also just only got cut pretty much because of the injury, yeah. And I'm pretty sure the Jets, the actually the NFL, the NFL Jets were pretty stacked at quarterback right now. Well, like stacked somewhat with Wilson and Rogers. So I'm sure there's a team out there in the NFL that might even be, hey, here's a guy. So I see what you're saying, but it's more, I think it's more what team he wants to go to. Than the other way around, right? But I know Adam's the only guy that seems Adam's the only guy that doesn't like him. GM Adam's the only guy that wouldn't sign him in the meeting. Again, my thing is this: in the CFL, you got to have a good deep ball. Chris Drevler does not have a good deep ball. He can run, he can move. Don't get me wrong; that's a that's an important uh, piece of a quarterback. But I don't like his deep throws. I never have. Okay. I've watched him now have so many interceptions. Once he's he reminds me of Michael Bishop. Except for oh, don't say that, that Don't say that. I know. I hate saying it the same. With I, I still remember 08. I know Anyways, you want to move on, uh, but what quarterback has a deep throw right now? Cole Harris. Okay, Cole but that's recent. You know, He's been pretty ball. trash at it. It was only last week's the first time I've actually seen him do it. And Kelly, is that what you said? No, no. I said uh, what he called. Fajardo has a reasonable oh, arm. Okay, because yeah. like not I many mean, guys in the CFL even have a deep arm. They they can barely make the twenty yard pass yeah. out. Most guys this year, so I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, I, I think touch, uh, touchdown Tommy Stevens there. I think his backup has a. They always said he has a big arm on him. So wild thing. I don't know <laughs> if he can hit the ball, but like I said, I know he has a deep ball. But uh, no, honestly, the, if if I was the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I would maybe think about it. And the reason is, like for Chris Traveler, my reasoning is, is take the wash and bowl Levi Mitchell. Go get some of your money back. Release him. I'm sorry. He has not. And this is crazy sounding. And I know that there's going to be Hamilton Tiger Cat fans with pitchforks at my house right away. But what has he done? I mean, he's been injured. He's been uh, through five picks and then got injured again. Seriously, what are you wasting time with the money that you're wasting on on Bolivar Mitchell? Bring it, Straveler. Maybe you might have a hope. I don't know. He might just turn everything around for you. You got nothing to lose I'll, right now in Hamilton. I'll, I'll quickly throw my my. I don't think anybody's signing Straveler, but I, if anybody does, my money's on Ottawa. I can see with us with Mazzoli done for the year, with Adams done for the year, Crum in there. What are you going to do? Put Arbuckle back in, right? I can see them. Maybe making that move there. Uh, let's move on to our fantasy uh, picks in this game here, though. Uh, I'll start off with the Winnipeg side because I've got a couple notable names on that one. 
I'm going to put Zach Caleros in here as a fantasy player to watch for the first time this season. He's $15,000, as expensive as it gets, but he might be playing his best ball yet uh, this season for the back-to-back MOP winner. Three straight games over 300 yards, something he only accomplished like three times in the last two seasons combined. He's got two or more touchdowns in every single game, but that one against BC early in the season. He's about as sure of a quarterback pick as you can get. Uh, he's expensive, but uh, you're kind of guaranteed to get a decent floor out of Coleros uh, and good matchup against the Elks here as well. Uh, sticking with the Winnipeg side, I also like their running back, Brady Oliveira, at $14,500. The Elks are by far the best running back matchup to pick against. They give up an average of 17.6 fantasy points to starting running backs. Uh, which is nearly four points more than any other team in the league. So, you know, Olivera sits among second among all running backs in the league uh, in average points per game uh, and is the leader uh, over the last three games. So uh, probably, you know, you could expect uh, if the Bombers get a lead going into the fourth quarter, another heavy dose of Olivera time there. Uh, also really like wide receiver Kenny Lawler this week. I mean, how can you not after last week's performance? I would like to personally thank Trey Odoms-Dukes for being a uh, game-time decision last week and forcing me to change my lineup and put Kenny Lawler in with two minutes until kickoff, uh, who put up 33 points on the highest score of the week. I kind of questioned in the offseason whether bringing him in was necessary for the Bombers, but I don't think I'm questioning that anymore. Uh, two games, 293 yards, 17 targets, 14 catches, and he's still only $12,500. Uh, that's a pretty big steal for the production you get from Lawler. And yes, I am throwing the Bombers defense in here against Trey Ford at $11,000. Considering defenses facing the Elks have put up an average of 11 fantasy points a game this year. Uh, and yeah, I think their play calling could improve, but I'm not sold on Trey Ford at quarterback. I think he can make some error prone decisions and we talked about it already. I think the interceptions could come, uh, in this game there. So, uh, those are the, I got four names on the bomber side. That might be the most all season here. Uh, I'll give a name on the Edmonton side shortly, but let's go to you guys here first, uh, from either side in this game. Uh, Anybody catch your eye, uh, Trey? Uh, from the Bombers' side, you pretty much set them all. I got the defense, Oliver and Lawler. I think that's pretty given. But because of all that salary cap I just chewed up, my starting quarterback right now is the Trey Ford. So uh, we'll see how that goes playing against my defense. But yards doesn't count, right? It's just the points that gets into your defense on the fan. Correct. Yeah, so I guess a Trey Ford could run for 200 yards, but throw a, you know, the running back could kind of fumble at the at the goal line and then we're good right so that's kind of the game i think it's gonna be uh adam oh you are muted sir whoopsie daisy muted two times anyways um went and looked at this one here and i wanted to take trey ford at first because i figured i needed the extra cash and then i started putting my players in and i didn't really need all that money uh I got extra money to spend on people. So you know what I did? I pulled out Trey Ford and I put in Zach Kalaros. So I'm going to go with Zach Kalaros in this one here. I think he's going to have a big game like he did last week. And it's also the Edmonton Elks. So, you know, probably. Okay. I have a quick question on this game. I know we want to move on, but I have enough salary for either Trey Ford or Drew Brown. 
who do you take? Trey Ford. I, I think you take, take Trey Ford. I don't think you can – it's way too risky to bank on the backup. If, say, yeah. Drew Brown was 20 – even then, I don't know. It, it's risky. I, I would go with the starter here. More opportunities there for you. If a guy is 2,500 and you really want to risk it, and if he gets zero, you're down three points behind what you need from value. It's not a ton. You have $5,000. It's not a ton, but – uh, I think you got to go Trey Ford here among those options. And, yeah, he's the name I've got on the Edmonton side for you to, to consider this week as well. $5,000, you're hoping for just 7.5 points for him. I can see a scenario where Trey Ford is a disaster this week. I, I really can, and this could pick could not work out. But his salary is so low, I think it's worth the chance. Uh, like I said, they've had a bye week with him to prep him as a starter. They announced it pretty early. Jerry's Jackson's new play caller. I think that's going to help. And he's mobile quarterback, which the Bombers do struggle against sometimes. So uh, Winnipeg does give up uh, 15.1 fantasy points to starting quarterbacks, which is third worst in the CFL. So it's a decent matchup for him here also in this one. And just to touch on the strategy you mentioned there, Trey, you know, the interesting, do you take Trey Ford and the Bombers defense? I honestly think that's pretty viable because if we're talking about Ford's potential is the upside of the yardage he can chew up and the downside is the interceptions. Well, he essentially neutralizes those interceptions and it comes zero, right? If you take the defense and you take Ford, it cancels out. So uh, I think that's actually a viable strategy. Pick the defense playing your quarterback if you have that one unsure side of things. Uh, let's look at the betting odds for this one. Uh, what is the line at here, Trey? Sorry, I lost our little script here. Ah, 12 and a half. The whole, the road favorites, Bombers, are 12 and a half. A couple touch, or touchdown, field goal, and a few rouges there. Oh, my God. And over under 45. This one just has the smell of trap game. It does, and I can smell it. I smelt it from a couple weeks ago when I first saw this one on there. I knew it was going to be almost a two-touchdown thing. As of now, what's our an hour before kickoff we can change? I'm going to take the Bombers now with the over because I think Winnipeg will score that much, but I'm going to take a look tomorrow and see how I feel a little bit better. Um, Adam, what about you? Well, I'm going to go with uh, the Edmonton Elks uh, to cover this one. Yeah, I've smelled trap on this one as well. Uh I did take Zach Caleros, though, so I might change my mind also on this one here on an hour before game time. We will see how this works out. But I'm going to take the under on this game. The last time these two teams played, it, it took until the fourth quarter for the Bombers to pull away. Uh, I don't know. I think that maybe somehow Edmonton can keep this competitive. Uh, they got a different offense. You never know. Uh, I'm going to go, yeah, Edmonton the over, or the under. So, well, Ryan, you are the tie break for both categories. And I think I'm going to side with you on both of them here, Trey. I'm, ta- I'm taking the Bombers to cover the over, uh, to cover the 12 and a half here. Uh, again, I think, you know, the coaching change is good for them. I- I'm not 100% sold on Trey Ford. Maybe if this game was two weeks from now and we have some sample size on him, I, I-, I would take Edmonton to cover that. But I, I-, I think Winnipeg's going to win this one pretty handily. I also, like Trey said, I think the Bombers are going to put up a decent number of points on the board. So I, I think the line being at 45, I can see that in the over as well. We're saying the streak continues all through, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Unfortunately, uh, as much as I really want to give it to Edmonton, this is, uh, this is not the, uh, not the optimal matchup uh, week for them for that. But like we've all been saying, it is a trap game. It could happen. Uh, the Bombers started slow against them last time. Hey, Ottawa did it the other day against uh, Winnipeg. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's the thing about the CFL. It can happen at any moment, right? So uh, we we saw Calgary beat Toronto last week. <laughs> Who saw that one coming? Uh, let's move on to our second game of the week here, which is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders visiting the Montreal Alouettes on Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, what are we looking at uh, for storylines here, Adam? Well, I think the first one we've got to talk about is, of course, Cody Fajardo getting to face his old team. Maybe. Uh, he is a game-time decision right at the moment. Uh, Jason Moss, the head coach for the uh, Montreal Alouettes, who also probably has a little bit of beef behind him right now uh, facing the Rough Riders, I think probably uh, said that uh, Fajardo, yeah, he's going to bet on the side or err on the betting side that Fajardo will play. Uh, this weekend on Friday night uh, against the Riders. Same thing also with William Stanback. He was banged up a little bit in that Hamilton game. Uh, both the guys are expected to probably play here uh, this week against the Rough Riders. Uh, you guys actually believe in that, though, uh, that there is a little bit of a kind of a beef between, or would you, did, did the players actually look at this and say, oh yeah, I'm circling this one on the calendar, or is it just a fan hype thing? To me, I think it's more of a hype than anything. I think both uh, Fajardo and Moss are like, whatever, it's the Rough Riders, we got to play them this week. Okay. Um, is what I look at like, I mean, I don't know, especially Moss, he wasn't there that long. Same thing with Fajardo. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this actually a real thing that they that they circle this one on the calendar or not? Uh Right, I would. I, I I think I would as a player. You can take any bulletin board material you can get to get you uh, pumped up for a game, right? Like we had the Bombers and the Lions last year. Marcus Sales talks about their vanilla offense, and that the team really leaned into that, right? And, and maybe that was more on the social media side than in the locker room. But you know, the players and coaches will always tell you, you know, where our records zero and zero, and we're just trying to win this week and we don't really we'll look at the records and things like that. Yeah. That's BS to me. Like internally you're looking at those things. Those thoughts are in your head most likely. And yeah. I think, I think guys do circle the matchups and get a little more excited for those. What do you think, Trey? Oh, hundred percent. I circle slow pitch team up like matchups, <laughs> man. There's this one team that wears tie dye uniforms. I can't, I, Actually, this year is the first year I like them because they started talking to me, but I've loathed them for years. And every time I know we're playing them, man, I take an extra Red Bull and I get jacked up. And if I do that, I'm sure professionals do. Um, maybe it's not super, like, out front, especially coaching staff and something like that. But maybe, like, a few weeks before, you're like, oh, this game's coming up. This game's coming up. You know, I want to – you know, especially, I think, Fajardo more, where he wants to go and be like, hey, guess what? I have no O-line here, and I can win kind of thing. They didn't give – you know, or something like that more than Moss, maybe. I think there's only one guy who I've ever heard genuinely doesn't talk about records and stuff or all this stuff, and I think that's uh, Osh. Other than that, everyone else is BS. Osh, I could believe, maybe doesn't care about it because he's just a different animal. 
everyone else cares about it to some degree. I think the better people don't show it, but I, I think Fajardo, I think Fajardo the most, the second he signed in Montreal, he's like, okay, when do we play the Riders? You know? And, and I, and I, and I don't blame him. I would too. I don't know. I think I look at it as Fajardo maybe is a little different because he was very emotional uh, with the Rough Riders. I know uh, maybe there's something there. I don't know. Jason Moss, I think he just circles it as another game and doesn't really. He's he's got to worry about everything else. He's got to worry about what the defense is doing, what the offense is doing. He's got or what the special teams is doing. He ain't got no time to go and sit and worry about revenge. Uh, so to me, if you're a player, yeah. If you're a coach, whatever. It's another game. It's at home. We all, we all have an advantage because the Rough Riders are coming off of a late uh, game here. They played uh, Thursday night or Sunday night, so they're on a short week right now. So. Uh, probably a little bit of advantage Montreal there. Uh, notable injuries for the Alouettes. Uh, Walter Fletcher, again, healthy scratch, no big issue. Uh, William Stanback, as I said before, hip injury. He's been limited in practice all week. Almondo Sewell, that could be a big one for the Alouettes. Uh, hip injury, hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, and again, as I said before, Cody Fajardo, left shoulder injury. Uh, didn't practice on Tuesday, did, was limited on Wednesday. And uh, I'm just taking a look if there's anybody else really on the list that would be interesting. Uh, Zach, uh, is that uh, Lendy? I think it is Lindy. Uh, hit injury, didn't practice. He's out this week uh, with that injury. Over on the Saskatchewan side of the football really quickly, uh, they made a transaction today. It was kind of a, kind of a surprise transaction, I think, to some. Uh, they did release veteran wide receiver uh, Darrell Walker. He came into Saskatchewan. Everybody thought, well, there's our veteran that we need. There's our leader that we need. And in week 10, he is looking for another job. Uh, they had some good receivers coming in now. The Riders uh, brought in a new guy this uh, last week here. Uh, Steve, was it? Uh, Stearns? Sorry, I can't pronounce Stearns. Was it? Yeah, Stearns. Uh, looked extremely good on his first game uh, with the Rough Riders. So I think... In my opinion, Darrell Walker just became kind of a cap casualty slash business decision uh, because there's guys in front of them that are better. Uh, guys, what do you think? Is Darrell Walker just kind of beaten out by young guys, or what's, or is it a cap casualty, or what's the story here uh, for the release of Darrell Walker from the Rough Riders? Uh, Trey, you want to go first? Who? Who was he play this year? So this is a name I should know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Hey, I had a good game against the Elks and then he got injured. So that's what I mean. I honestly think it's just, yeah, I think he just got beat out by younger guys. Cap decision. Uh, and there's, yeah, that's all I think it is, Ryan. Yeah, and that's what I think it is as well. And I think John Hodge was uh, reporting as well that uh, because he's uh, been in the league for so long that after this week's game, his contract would have been guaranteed. So. Uh, that's probably the timing of why he's being let go now. Uh, and, you know, it sucks to see you never want to see a guy lose a job due to injury because he looked great in the preseason and training camp. Uh, and he is still a great receiver. And I think he'll land on his feet somewhere in the league uh, here yet. Uh, I don't know which team would maybe take a look at him. Maybe a team like Montreal. Uh, if Greg Ellingson is still a little ways off uh, and Reggie White, right, they've had a couple younger receivers in there. 
Uh, I can think of a team like that, maybe a team like Hamilton or somebody like that. Toronto takes a look at them. Uh, I think there will be callers for him, but yeah, I think he just lost his spot in the lineup because everybody else has stepped in and played so good for the Riders. Absolutely, and another guy that's been playing real well for the Rough Riders. This defensive line has really picked up the pace for the Rough Riders. Uh, I talked about it yesterday in the uh, Combine call-in show. Uh, Anthony Lanier, I mean, three sacks, had a massive game for the Rough Riders last week. Uh, this should be a little bit of a and quick, quick, quick answer on this one here. Should uh, Fajardo maybe be worried a little bit about the sack coming in from Saskatchewan? Uh, because it seems like they've learned how to get some real pressure up on the quarterback uh, the Riders have in the last little bit. Uh, do you have to plan for it, or do you have to put somebody back to give Fajardo some extra coverage, or can you still run uh, some plays out of the backfield without protecting Fajardo so much? Trick? You should always have someone extra protecting Fajardo, shouldn't you? <laughs> how long he holds on to the football. But... Uh, uh, uh... Maybe. I don't know. Again, it's I don't think so, Ryan. I think the offensive line for Montreal has also done a lot better the past couple weeks, too, because uh, they, last week they gave up two sacks. The week before it was just one. So whereas it was five, six, seven early in the season, Alouette's offensive line has actually done a bit of a better job, or maybe they put a you know an extra blocker in there recently as well. So you know, we'll see which one gives. The Riders' defensive line is playing better, but also is the Montreal offensive line. So uh, one of them is going to give. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely been a big boost for the Riders, their defensive line play the last couple of games. A uh, couple quick injury notes for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Still quite a few injuries to go through, but uh, Zach Fry uh, fully practiced this week. Uh, he's been having a lower back issue for quite a little while. Uh, Mitch Picton actually was practicing. He will be out, though, this week. Uh, hit injury. Brandon Council still out. Uh, has a knee injury. We all know about that one, I think. Uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker, same thing. He was limited in practice. Will be out this week. Albert Awachi's out this week, which is a bigger loss than you think. Uh, knee injury for Albert Awachi, fullback. Uh, he's had some good pro, pro, uh, blocks there for Mason Fine in the last little bit. Uh, Jawan Breskison, he's going to be he fully practiced, but uh, I think he's one more week on the six-game injured list. That's why he will be out this week. Shea Patterson, doubtful this week. Uh, knee injury, uh, didn't practice this week. Uh, Micah Johnson as well, non-football related, but uh, didn't practice so far. Same thing also with Pete Robertson, which is a big defensive lineman again. Uh, lots of spots there in the defensive line uh, with injuries right now for the Rough Riders. That's starting to add up just a little bit. Uh, Mitch uh, Mason Fine is still going to be playing for the Riders this week. I've given my opinion on him. Uh, I don't think I need to go through much more with him. But I think the big thing we need to know is, is Ryan going to throw him on the fantasy charts this week? Yeah, well, since you're asking, we'll start on the Saskatchewan side of things. And yes, I do have Mason Fine as an option at quarterback this week at $8,000. Uh, and a large part of that is just the volume of work he gets. Uh, in his three starts so far, he's averaged 39 pass attempts and 294 passing yards. Last week, he settled it down a little bit, avoided throwing an interception. So I liked what I, liked what I saw from him last game. He was one of the highest scoring quarterbacks of the week. Uh, and I think he's continuing to improve. And I think 
you know, if you're looking at pricing of similarly priced quarterbacks at this price level in the middle range of $8,000, it's either him or it's Dustin Crum you're going with. And for comparison, uh, you know, Crum has averaged just 24 pass attempts a game and 196 yards passing in his last three. So uh, to me, yeah, it's a bit of a tougher matchup against the Alouettes for passing sake here, but I, I still like what I've seen from Mason Fine so far. And I think he's they're getting more confident in their play calling for him too. So I do have him as a player to watch. And I've got a couple of his receivers in here as well. Uh, Sean Bain Jr. is $14,200. I just picked him up in our draft league off the waiver wire this week because I am so excited about that. And I am so impressed with what he has done so far this season. Uh, in the three games since Mason Fine took over, 8.7 catches a game on 10.3 targets. That's as much uh, of an opportunity as you can get. Got over 70 yards in each of those and a touchdown in his last two. Also helps that the best matchup against Montreal is left slot back. They give up the third most in the league to that position. And every other receiver position, Montreal shuts down as one of the top three defenses against. So you have to think the Riders, if they're developing their game plan here, are going to be targeting Sean Bain just as much as they recently have been. And for the other one, it's the locked-in value play of the week. It's wide receiver Jareth Stearns at $2,500. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Brandon Sanders, friend of the show, our resident college football expert in our community. Also beat me, spoiler alert, in our uh, Discord head-to-head -head fantasy league this week. And Jareth Stearns was a big part of that. He showed up on the depth chart. Brandon called his shot, hyped him up. And Stearns was the top value play of the week last week. Seven catches seven on seven targets for 71 yards. Uh, it's about a surefire of a, a value pick, as you can get. Uh, so lock it into your lineup. Also got three names on the Montreal side, but I want to hear from you guys first. Uh, either side of this matchup, uh, any players you have in your lineup? Uh, let's go back to you first, Adam. Well, I've got Jareth Stearns. I mean, no question. I'm going to put him in my lineup. Uh, with the, He pretty much just inherited uh, Darrell Walker's job. I mean, they're going to play him quite a little bit here. And I think he's really, really looks like a promising receiver. Uh, I don't see him going in anywhere else. He reminds me a little bit of the Austin Mack situation on the other side of the football. But no, I did not pick Austin Mack. I actually picked up uh, Tyler Sneed again uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. I think he'll have a pretty good game up against the Rough Riders. The other guy I picked uh, was William Stanback. The reason I'm picking Stanback is this. The Riders are on a short week. They've got lots of defensive linemen that are kind of banged up or at least questionable for the game or possibly even going to be out. So I don't like the look of that defensive line in the Riders as much as I usually do. And I think that uh, that means William Stanback might finally get a chance to run the football a little bit. So guaranteed, watch Jason Moss never run the football this week. So, yeah, that happens. Trey, who do you got? Man, this must be the reason why we all suck in fantasy. We picked the same guys. I got Stearns. I don't have Stanback, but I'll put Stearns in some salary cap relief after everyone else I got. Um, yeah. Only kind of person I like in this. If I had it, I would think Fajardo because, again, I'm banking on him going off. I just don't have the salary cap for that, I don't think. But, yeah, that's my only other choice if I had to pick. But for sure, Stearns. All right, I've got the couple of the guys you mentioned already. I mean, Adam, you touched on William Stanback. I do have him as a player to watch this week as well at $11,000 because breaking news, Jason Moss has learned how to use a running back. 
after averaging just 7.7 carries a game between weeks three and five, he's averaged 15.3 in his last three games, which is pretty much tops in the CFL. Uh, last week he had 100 yards rushing. Sadly, no targets, which was a bit disappointing in that one. But, uh, you know, he's got that decent floor each week of 10-plus points in each of his last three games. And he still hasn't found the end zone yet this year. So once he finally does, as long as Caleb Evans doesn't poach his touchdowns, uh, that's just going to add to the the floor you're already getting for him. Uh, It is a tough matchup against the Riders' defense, but I think it's hard to ignore the volume, especially if Cody Fajardo is not 100% healthy. Uh, I think that uh, would be a play there. Uh, Now, Stanback, like you said, Adam, is listed as questionable on the depth chart. If suddenly he is not ready to go for this game, I think Jeshron Antwi is like $2,500 in fantasy, which is a super cheap deal you can get uh, when most top running back options are expensive right now. So I would block him and stay tuned in the Discord channel for updates on that. Uh, Another name in the Montreal side, we haven't talked about this guy at all this year, and I'm really excited to bring him up, and it's Courtney Davis at $5,800. Three starts for him this year at right wideout, and he's averaged uh, eight points per game and five targets, uh, which is kind of just shy of what you're looking at for the price. Uh, The Riders' defense is one of the best at shutting down some of the other receiving positions, including where Austin Mack lines up at left wideout. So I'm actually banking on Austin Mack having a bit of a lower game this week. Uh, But they do give up the second most points to the right wideout position. So it's the best matchup for Fajardo, Caleb Evans, whoever's at quarterback, and the Alouettes to exploit against the Riders. Uh, And he's only $5,800. So you're looking for about 8.7 points out of him. I think he can hit that. And I also do have the Montreal defense at $8,200 because outside of games against BC and Toronto, uh, top teams in the CFL, they gave up 35 points in each of those. But every other game this year, they've they've allowed less than 20. Uh, They've also forced the fourth most turnovers in the league. But they are at least they are last in the league in sacks. That is the one bad note against the Alouettes defense. But I think facing a Riders offensive line that has given up a fair share of sacks themselves, I think that could trend in the other direction. And they're one of the cheapest fantasy defenses, so I think it is worth a shot. Uh, what is the betting line at for this game, Trey? Ah, Montreal at home minus five and a half over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and what, 44 and a half? Yeah, 44 and a half for the over-under. So real quick, I'm going to take Montreal. I think Fajar- I, I think Fajardo is going to have his revenge game and I'll take over the 44 and a half because I'm thinking it'll be like mm, 28, 21 kind of thing or 30, you know, within a touchdown, but kind of in those mid-20 range. So yeah, Montreal over... Uh, Ryan, what do you think for this one? I'm well. Last game, I agreed with you on both of them. This game, I'm going to disagree with you on mm. both of them. I am taking the Riders at plus five and a half on this one. I'm probably taking them outright to win this game as well. Uh, I am a believer in what Mason Fine's been doing. I'm not sold on Fajardo being, you know, a game time decision that could easily trend in the other direction. There, right, last minute. Uh, so I think Montreal being minus five and a half favorites based on that is a bit extreme. Uh, in this one, I'll take the Riders and I'm taking the under because as I mentioned, every game but two this year, Montreal has let in uh, less than 20 points and the Riders have a pretty good defense themselves. So I think this is going to be a defensive 
showdown, lots of yards potentially, but uh, maybe not as many touchdowns on the board. Adam? I'm going to go Saskatchewan in this one, and the reason being is because Cody Fajardo, I remember last year when somebody played through a knee injury and uh, was hurting his team by playing through the knee injury. So, yeah, I think he might be doing the same thing in Montreal uh, because, you know what, I just want to play against the Riders. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to say the Rough Riders in this one, and I'm going to go with the under uh, as well. I think that this isn't going to be a very high-scoring game. Both defenses are pretty good. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. All right, we move on to our third game of the week here, which is the Calgary Stampeders visiting the BC Lions Saturday game uh, at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So I guess that's 4 p.m. start, I think, over on the uh, the West Coast. Uh, 3 or 4 o'clock. I can't do time zone math right now. Um, what? Where do you want to begin first here, Adam? Well, let's start with the BC Lions. I think that... Uh... We see that they uh, probably will have a quarterback back this week. Uh, not Dane Evans. Dane Evans is actually listed as a did not practice all week so far with some rib injury. But that means Vernon Adams Jr. is ready to go. Uh, brings in a different dynamic, and I think the BC Lions sorely missed him. Uh, just seems to keep this offense really kind of ticking along. Uh, what can you tell us all about Vernon Adams, Ryan? I mean, VA's had a good season so far. Throw out that six-pick game against the uh, the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I would say that one's an outlier. Other than that, VA has looked really good. He's looked really comfortable in that offense. Uh, he's been able to produce, you know, not quite, but decent levels compared to what that offense could with Nathan Rourke last year. So uh, I think they needed him back. I, I think Evans has struggled a little bit the past couple of weeks. Uh, what better way to shake off that shellacking to the Bombers than to uh, to get your starting quarterback back in here for this matchup with Calgary? Yeah, and I don't even see actually Vernon Adams Jr. even listed on the injury chart, which is quite a nice thing. I would have thought maybe he had a little bit of a knee injury, and again, that could be maybe a little bit of a concern for me because he's a mobile quarterback. Trey, any concern with Vernon Adams coming back already? Absolutely not. And all I want to say is November 22nd, we got to get Derek Taylor back on so I can tell him about how great VA is after he gets the great cup, buddy. Because I, I think I, I can't see this team losing this game. You know, they got absolutely obliterated. Not Vernon Adams' real fault, but they got, you know, now he's back the whole other week of practice. This team, I don't know, like this West, like this, this season in general is... I love the standings, how it looks like Bombers in BC. I think we actually have an old fashioned West shootout here going down the stretch. And, you know, and then the second or the third and fourth place teams with Saskatchewan and Calgary, it's going to be a fight to the end. And I think BC knows that. And this is a game they need to win because if Calgary wins, well, the next thing you know, Calgary is kind of sniffing in and around, you know, it's, it's a big game, these points. So I think VA, I think VA knows what he's got to do and he's going to come in and play. Yeah, and I look at this game and I say that Vernon Adams, uh, again, if he's healthy, why not? You may as well get him going. Uh, you got a division rival, and you're right, Trey. I mean, they're not that far ahead of the Calgary Stampeders or even the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, for that matter. They're maybe a little bit ahead of the Edmonton Elks, but we won't talk about them because I think I can't even see them in murder for him here at this point. Uh, but it's going to be a dogfight in the West, and uh, one of those two, four teams won't make the playoffs as far as I'm concerned because – uh, it 
could even be a East crossover. You never know. Uh, so we'll be interested to see what happens in this one. I uh, did want to bring up a little bit quickly about the uh, defense of the win, uh, BC Lions, I should say. Uh, they got embarrassed last week. I mean, if it wasn't Kenny Lawler, if it wasn't uh, uh, Nick Dembski, if it wasn't Drew Wallatarski even going against them, I mean, it, that defensive secondary got just absolutely embarrassed. If you're the head, or if you're the defensive coordinator of the BC Lions, if you're Ryan Phillips right now, what are you doing? Uh, to convince this team that they're are to get these team back on track, uh, right? Keep doing what you've done all season long. Like good teams are gonna have bad games, right? Like it's extremely hard to go eighteen and zero in sports. Uh, we saw Winnipeg struggle against BC earlier this year, and now all of a sudden it was the other way around in this one. So. Obviously, what they've been doing has been working all season long, except for last week. So, you know, maybe tighten up that deep ball a little bit because uh, that's what got them early last week. But other than that, I think it's, it's status quo for the BC defensive game plan, Trey. If I was the defensive coach for BC, I'd be I'd be as I'd be as passionate as that Argos uh, defensive coach was last week on the sideline at practice this week, saying, "Hey, let's go, boys!" You know, we're we, you know, it's one thing to let Winnipeg do this to us, but Calgary right now, like you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. Because again, I think it's the I'm gonna use my horse racing analogy. Winnipeg and BC are the two horses coming down the stretch, and there's a field of well. Edmonton, I'm sorry, is getting put down down the backstretch right now with a shotgun, while the other two horses are kind of somewhere near near fighting for third, right? And BC, BC, you know, think about horse racing. It's one bad step, and next thing you know, BC's getting put down with a shotgun too, right? So, and I think that's kind of what they're looking for, and you don't want to have two bad games back-to-back. Again, like I said, it's one thing with Winnipeg. You can forgive Winnipeg to some degree. You can forgive Toronto. There's certain teams in the league this year you can forgive. Calgary, eh, like that's kind of on the line. Like when I let, that's why when we're looking at the power rankings, right? Well, I'll bring this up real quick. When BC and Winnipeg or in Toronto, right, we're kind of near the top. I can forgive BC's losses to what did they lose to Toronto and Winnipeg, right? I can forgive those a lot more than I can forgive Winnipeg's Ottawa. And, well, BC's okay, but in Ottawa, like that's where I am. BC's, I think their two losses are a little bit more forgivable because they're against the teams that they're probably going to see in November. Where, and this is probably not a team you're going to see in November because, like, I agree, Adam. I my East cross, uh, my East crossover was one year too late, and this might be the year for it. So I think BC or Winnipeg's going to be hosting Ottawa or Hamilton, right? If things go this way, and which would be cool as hell. But, and I think BC just needs to keep it going. Right, Ryan? Or I don't know where we're at. I ran it. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm agreeing with you both. I mean, if I'm uh, Ryan Phillips, I go into the film room. I grab every copy of the uh, defensive plays that the BC Lions put on last week, grab the film, burn it, and uh, scoop up the ashes and burn them again. Because they honestly aren't that bad of a team. They just had a bad game. They weren't quite, I don't know if they weren't ready or wasn't prepared or something wasn't right or they just had the wrong playbook out against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they're fine. They're, they'll be okay. Uh, it, you still got Matthew Betts back there, who's doing just incredible things, uh, sacking quarterbacks. Uh, the defensive uh, ends will get it, and the corners will be fine. It, just a bad game overall. It, it, um, it, was run through the- it was 100% short week, and Winnipeg had the bye. That's all it is. Absolutely. You, you yeah. go th- Saturday to Thursday, the Thursday night game and NFL and everything is the worst game ever. Cause you got what four days to work. And then you play a team with Michael Shea and the bye. 
That's the worst combination. I think that's all it was. And now you have BC against Calgary. And it's going to probably be the opposite. BC, I could see BC going up 40 in this game just as much as Winnipeg did against them. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, uh, we'll see what happens here. But uh, I'm just taking a look at the WC Lions uh, injury list here for this week. Uh, Dane Evans didn't practice all week so far with rib injury. Uh, uh, Jalon Edwards uh, Cooper. Uh, uh, Jalen Edwards Cooper, I guess, uh, did not practice. Uh, he's had a knee injury a little bit here. Uh, TJ Lee also didn't practice foot injury. Uh, I'm just taking a look of anybody else that I can see in here. Dominic Rhymes, uh, he still has a knee injury, but he fully practiced week, so I wouldn't be too concerned about him. Um, he didn't. That, he didn't practice today, though. Oh, he did practice today. You're right. Okay, I couldn't quite see that real well. I'm still looking at a TV when I should be looking on a monitor. So uh, sometimes I can't see things quite as clear as some other things here. Uh, yeah, that's about what I see here really for the BC Lions on their injury side of things. Let's move on to the Calgary Stampeders really quickly. Uh, I see Kadeem Carey's fully practicing. His toe injury is uh, definitely he's recovering from it. Uh, however, Diedrich Mills had a big game last week. Uh, which one do you guys play if you have the option right now, Dedrick Mills or Kadeem Carey? Trey, Ooh. you look like you're switching the hardest. Who do you got? Dang it. Ah, oh, dang. See, I the one thing I don't like about the CFL, which I'll give credit to the NFL, is the NFL does their rotation more, and that's what I would do if that's allowed to be an answer. If I had to pick one guy, I'd go with Mills, but I don't have a reason other than that's that's what my heart's telling me. Ryan, maybe you got some fantasy stats that can back up your answer better than me. No, I don't on this one, really, because, uh, spoiler alert for fantasy, I'm staying away from both Calgary running backs because I don't know what they're going to do at the position, right? Uh, I think Kerry will get the job back. It was his job before injury. Uh, granted, we just talked about Darrell Walker earlier, but I, it's 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 tougher now because Mills had a couple down weeks, uh, and then, you know, if Kerry was back last week, it would have been, oh, yeah, perfect sense. But no, Mills carried the ball for 27 times for like 130 yards last week and had a massive game. So I could see a scenario where they run them both a little bit, but I would I would wager probably that carry would be the starter if he's good to go. The only thing I can see, though, is I don't think they can do it with how their receivers and offensive line are set up for a Canadian. Uh, you can't run that many Americans. So I think that could be an issue for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, mm -hmm. If I'm them, I'm running Diedrich Mills this week just because give Kadeem Carey one more week. Although, that being yeah. said, this is an original rival. You need the win here. Uh, in BC, in a hostile situation, you know BC places probably be rocking. It's been going all season along very well. The crowd's been into it, and nothing quiets a good crowd like a good couple runs. So if Kadeem Carey, I mean, he's the overall leader from last year for runs. I mean, he's there, and if he's ready to go – I, I don't know. I don't want to be there ever in this situation. Luckily, I don't think I'll be an offensive coordinator anytime soon. Trey might. He's still got the whiteboard. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, we're uh, at least I don't have to choose this one. It's Dave Dickinson and apparently the offensive committee's choice. A uh, couple quick injuries to talk a little bit about the Stampeders here. Uh, like I said, Kadeem Carey's been fully practicing. Uh, 
Uh, Trey Odom's Dukes also has been fully practicing this week, has had some rib injury problems. Uh, Colton Hunchak, he's another name, wide receiver, uh, fully practicing as well. Uh, Cole Tucker, uh, I think he was the first-round draft pick for the Stampeders this season. Uh, another wide receiver, he, he did not practice with a foot injury. Uh, he's had some decent fantasy weeks, so uh, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a loss there as well. But Trey Odom's Dukes being healthy. I think that helps them a lot. Is this a team that still needs to find some veteran wide receivers or just go with what you got? I mean, we've seen in the last couple of weeks here, Jake Mayer has had some uh, more uh, success, maybe not last week, but the week before is that he had some pretty good success with some of the receivers he's had. Uh, I mean, Tommy Lee Lewis has seemed to come into play a little bit for the Stampeders. Uh, same thing also, uh, uh that would be Reggie Bagleton. I think has had a few games now that he's looked a little bit better. Uh, is this what the Stampeders are going to go with, or do you think maybe it's time to maybe bring in uh, Darrell Walker uh, or somebody else? Uh, maybe uh, what's his name that just got released by the uh, Toronto Argonauts as well. There's another option. Well, they there. actually did bring him in already. Marky Fambles was brought in by the Stamps this past week. So I, I guess my answer to your question is no, I don't see them bringing somebody else in because they did just bring Ambles in and we'll see if he gets in the lineup this week. Trey? Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> I <think enough>. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just think we're, we're this isn't this isn't the Calgary of the last decade, right? And I think we have to start getting that out of our minds. They're hitting that. They're what they're going to be. What the Patriots are now, if you want to compare the two, like it, they were the team, and the next thing you know, the Tom Brady or Bo Levi leaves for whatever reason. Now they're not quite the same team, and I think they need a lot more than just a receiver or a different running back or this or that. I think there's a lot more that needs to go into it this off season. So no, even if they could bring in, they could bring in Chris Traveler, and I think they'll not do that great. So fair enough. Uh, could, I don't think they they're they they my wild thing though, and then they'll go undefeated the rest of the year. But that's about it. As long as they play the song when he comes out, that's uh, the on greatest the- song ever. I don't care what anyone says. That's the greatest song ever, and the fact that they do that was the best. In all honesty, I can't believe any baseball pitcher right now, like any closer, doesn't come out to Wild Thing. Like, come on, somebody's got to do it, and not just Charlie Sheen. The, the <laughs> best, the best roller coaster ever at Wonderland in Toronto is the Wild Beast, and they used to play that outside Wild Thing when, when there is a kid. Anyways, now that I'm done uh, reminiscing about the uh, movie Major League, and uh, Trey's done reminiscing about a. Uh, 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 what do you call amusement park ride? Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, what do you think about fantasy this week? Yeah, this game I've got a couple less options because both these defenses are actually pretty good. I've got two on the BC side, one on the Calgary side. We'll start with the home team Lions here. Uh, Taquan Mizell, uh, $11,500, I think, is still one of the top running back plays. Uh, last week they got blown out of the water, uh, but he still got 10 carries in there and six targets. He was seemingly the only piece of the offense that had anything going for BC last week. Offense should be better now with VA coming back. And I think if, uh, Mizell can maintain that steady role in it, uh, he can have a productive day against Stamps defense that does average the fourth most points against, uh, from starting running backs. 
Uh, and I also still have Keon Hatcher in here week after week at $11,000 because he's somehow still cheaper than all BC starting receivers except Whitehead, despite him being the most consistent. Uh, he's yet to produce a game under 10 points uh, this season. Uh, and last week he had four catches, but a whopping 11 targets. Uh, if this is his floor, even with the backup quarterbacks in, then that's got to at least be his floor, you would think, with VA in the lineup. So I think there's potential for higher totals there. Although it is important to note this one is a tough matchup. The Stamps do give up the least in the league to the left slot back position. But I think Hatcher is one of those players that's almost matchup proof to some extent here. So I would still consider him for fantasy play uh, as my top BC wide receiver option at the minimum. Uh, either side of this matchup, who you got? Uh, let's go to you, Adam. Yeah, I've got uh, Taekwon Meisel. I'm sorry, I don't. Th- I thought it was always Mizzle, so hopefully uh, we'll figure know. that one. Eh, you know, we'll make it up as we go along. If he wants to do an interview, we'll get it right for him. Uh, nevertheless, um, we should probably yeah. get it right, though. We should probably figure this out at some point. I, I suppose we should because it sounds yeah, like he's going to be sticking around. Keep with saying it wrong. Keep saying it wrong. So, yeah, that's what I do. Anyways, the running back for the B, uh, BC Lions will be my uh, pick this week, uh, as well as Keon Hatcher. I have those two I was going to go with. And the other one I've got is the BC Lions defense. I think that they probably all have a pretty good game up against the Calgary Stampeders as well. Trey? I am going to go with one guy on Calgary. We share a similar first name. He doesn't have the Y. I do. Because in week one against BC, he scored 20 and a half fantasy points. So let's, and he got 22 a couple weeks ago against Ottawa, 16 last week against Montreal. Trey Odell, Odom's Dukes. I'm going to see if he can keep it going. He's been one of my favorite players all season long for sure. I do not have him on the Calgary side in this matchup for myself because I do bank on that BC bounce back defense this week, but. The one guy I do have in here is, yes, once again, Mark and Michelle makes the list at $6,000. Now you might be asking yourself, seriously, after the last two straight disappointing weeks, am I really going to go out and recommend him again? And yeah, I am, and here's why. The Lions defense shut down everyone this year until the Bombers kind of cracked the code last week. Throw the ball deep early in the game, so... Uh, speaking of, you know, throwing deep, I, I dug deep for the stats on this one and, uh, I'm banking on Calgary early in this game, trying the deep ball as well. Cause it worked for Winnipeg last week, Mark and Michelle sits tied for second on the team and targets of 20 plus yards, despite him missing the first couple of games of the year. Cause he wasn't signed yet at that time. And it's also one of the most favorable positional matchups against the Lions, And he's the cheapest you can get from a good starting receiver from Calgary side. So you know, even if it doesn't work out, you don't miss a whole ton in this matchup. If he gets one deep ball going his way, you're probably set for value from this. So, yeah, I'm going to keep throwing Mark and Michelle out there as long as they keep putting him at $6,000 and he has a good matchup. Uh, what do we have for betting here? Well, Cowtown, Calgary, Stampeders roll into the Lions' den. Minus five and a half for them Lions. The orange and black take on, uh, you know, this was an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to take BC minus five and a half. I think they're going to have the comeback over and under 45 and a half. I'm, for the third straight game, I'm going to take the favorite and the over. Betting this year has been the definition of a crapshoot. Like I have had a better time 
like gambling on the weather that I have on the CFL this year. So I, I don't know what to do. I think I'm taking this week kind of as a cleanser and just kind of going back to basics. And then we'll come back strong by Labor Day. But I'm going to take BC in the over because there's I think there's been too many low scoring games this year that at some point, right, we're going to start seeing teams explode on each other like we did Winnipeg last week, like we have seen BC and Toronto do. And I think BC is going to do it again. Ryan, you feel free to tell me why I'm an idiot. Or why well, I don't think you're. I don't think you're an idiot. Uh, I'm also taking BC to cover minus five and a half. This one I locked in pretty much as soon as I saw it, uh, and as soon as I saw the line, because yeah, big bounce back this week. They're also at home. They play really well at home. Uh, the over under line, I could I could honestly go either way on this one. I can see BC locking it down enough. Uh, I can see both of these teams kind of finding a way to get it done offensively a little bit as well. well so. I have one question. Do you think Calgary putting up 20 against Toronto was a fluke? Because if they can put up 20 against BC and lose, then that 45 is not that bad. Like, that's kind of where I'm thinking with the over, right? Yeah, you convinced me. I'll take the over. Okay. I, I'm just I'm just putting my reason because I'm like 20 against a great team, but that's a win. So if you can put up 20 and a loss, BC's got to get at least 26 for us to get our cover. That's 46. Quick mass. Two plus yeah, two. yeah, no, that that logic is sound, and I, yeah, I've been weighing something similar to that in my head as well. So uh, I'll I'll go with you on that one, Adam. Trey, you say that you uh, can bet on the weather. So when have you taken over farming? Uh- <laughs> oh man, I don't want your job. There's a lot of jobs that I don't want, but I consider farming is one that I'd be like pass. Like I will starve. To- I let my children and my family just live in poverty before I become a farmer, man. Because you guys do so much hard work, and I'm too much of a city boy. So I, I like my PlayStation. I like my desk. Like I, I can't do it. Well, Adam liked his desk too until his monitor broke, and now he's sitting on the couch. So uh... yeah. Well, he probably saw three straight days of rain and smashed his monitor. He's just not telling us that, right? Yes, yes, that's why. Anyways, uh, I've got the seven tenths all season, man. I'll even take rain now. Uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to take the BC Lions. Uh, Lions fans, the Lions could sleep easy that night uh, after that one because I think nice. uh, negative five and a half. I know, I try it anyways. Uh, negative five and a half. I think. Oh, I shouldn't do that. We'll get taken down off of YouTube. Sorry. Oh, do the it. urban jungle of Vancouver, the mighty urban jungle of Vancouver. The Lions will sleep tonight. No, they're going to sleep. They're going to go. I'm going to watch Lion uh, King now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's even the Lion King. <laughs> well, Anyways, in there. Now that I'm really throwing it's this there. off the rail. Pumbaa sings it to Simba. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, yeah, he does. Never be like, okay, okay. Or they don't think it, they co- they're coming in when they first meet a wee boat. Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Nevertheless, Vernon Adams is back this week. Uh, they've got pretty much all the receivers. They're fully healthy, the BC Lions. They're going to be probably dominating, I think, this week. I think Trey's going to have to go out there. Might have to do a Houstonization afterwards because the staff here is going to get train wrecked in this one. Give me the Lions. Give me the over. That's what I'm going to go with. The only positive I see is uh, if this was in Calgary, if they would get the – at least get to hear wild thing a couple times on those 30 shorts. <laughs> but since it's in BC, I don't think they play that on away games. But uh, – yeah, 
Actually, it was funny. Side story. I was with a couple that's never really come to Bomber games, and the girlfriend asked, why do they play the Mexican music every time we make a kick? <laughs> so I had to explain that. I was like, it's not offensive. He's from Mexico. It's okay. He, he wants it. But anyway, I love it. We all agree for once, guys. Uh, but if Mike was here, he'd watch him go Calgary and under. And, you know. <laughs> But he's from where lands unknown. What did he say in the comments? So we whatever. Part unknown, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere back right. New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, moving on to our final game of the week here: the Ottawa Red Blacks visiting the Toronto Argonauts on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time matchup here between East Division rivals. Uh, what's the storyline here, Adam? Well, the first thing first, I think, is should they or shouldn't they? It sounds like they will, and he wants to, but I don't know if they should, to be honest with you. Toronto's on a bye next week, and that means that you have an opportunity right now to maybe give your starting quarterback, uh, which is pretty much your only quarterback, let's be honest here. Uh, Dukes did a little bit against the uh, Calgary Stampeders last week, but yeah, that's not Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly uh, had an injury there in Calgary, was out for the second half uh, versus the Stampeders. Uh, you got to buy next week. And the first question I'll give you guys, should they be playing Chad? Even if Chad Kelly says he's 100% and he's ready to go and there's no problem or nothing whatsoever, should you play Chad Kelly this week against the Ottawa Red Blacks? Uh, or you're you're up, what, at 7-1 right now for the Argonauts? Do, do you maybe take him and give him a week off and – Give him the extra week that gives him two weeks and lets him really uh, get a little bit healthier here. Uh, if you're the head coach or the offensive coordinator of the Argonauts, do you play Chad Kelly this week? Ryan, you get to go first on this one. No, I don't I don't think you do. I, I think that the Argos are so easily going to coast to first place in the East Division that you take your loss potentially this week, uh, you get them healthy, you come out of the bye week, you win a couple more games, you clinch first in the East Division, and then you can rest them down the stretch here and there if you need as well. I also think they're a deep enough team that they could probably honestly win this game, even with if Cameron Dukes had to, to start at quarterback, uh, or whether it's Brian Scott or whoever the backup uh, is currently, I guess it's Dukes. Um, I think that, yeah, the priority is getting Chad Kelly healthy, and I think they do have enough of a lead on the division that given the upcoming bye week, it would just make sense to me. Uh, What do you think, Trey? Oh, I think he should take the week off and maybe come on a podcast. Uh, Anyway, um, but yeah, you know, I think take the week off. And maybe this is like looking too far into it, but like, I don't think anyone would ever sit down and do this. But looking at the standings, I'd almost be Toronto. Let Ottawa win a little bit, just so then that crossover. And I, I would, I would do it. I would do it because you get try to get one of these Eastern teams in the West, and then you play some mind game, and, get, and then I don't know. Maybe it's looking too into it. But if I had a crystal ball and I could predict things, if I'm Toronto. Ooh, if I'm sitting first in the East and you could potentially play Montreal or Hamilton in the fi- West East finals, and then you throw Ottawa in the crossover and that could be your great cup matchup. Like, I think that's some juicy pickings over because you never know what the West could do. So I think it's really, that's really stupid. And I know we're way far out, but that's where my, my, if I'm playing Madden right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm letting the shitty team. Oh my God. I swear the crappy team won- win. <laughs> so 
yeah, there we go. Let the crappy team win. So maybe I could play them in the playoffs later. But if I'm really being serious, I think Chad Kelly, like you said, Ryan, they're up, what, three, two and a half games on Montreal. I doubt anyone's going to catch them. Toronto should be focusing on BC and Winnipeg. I know you never want to look that far, but that's kind of where my mindset is if I'm Toronto. Like, it's the same thing as last year. Toronto had one game they really had to win. And they did it. And I think that's kind of where their mindset needs to be is they got two games in November to win. And I think that's where they got to be. I could try to argue a devil's advocate on this one to try to give some sort of reason on why they need to beat Ottawa this week. But I got a hard time to do it, to be honest with you. I just, no, uh, Chad Kelly, if he's got any sort of little bit of an injury or a little bit of a problem, just let him sit. I mean, you know what? You got to eventually someday look at what you've got behind Chad Kelly. This is his last year. Maybe you need Cameron Dukes next year. Uh, I doubt it. So you're going to try to bring in some other guy that's a real starting quarterback. Cameron Dukes is his only his first year in the CFL. Uh, so I kind of doubt seeing that, but you never know, right? Uh, and you never know what could happen later on down the road. One, It's one play and Cameron Dukes is in for the foreseeable future. Well, remember a guy who never had any CFL experience came into the Grey Cup and like, you know, that drive to help beat the Bombers, right? So you kind of maybe want this guy to get some reps in, right? You would think so, especially when that guy that just won him the Grey Cup went 6-0 and and you haven't played anybody else since, essentially. How how could things have been different if Dinwiddie got some more playing time or some other situations, right? Like you want some of these guys to get playing time when they can. And that's kind of my biggest reason why I think you Bo should get out of there too, right? You want these other guys to get playing time. So I agree. Let them sit. Yeah. You know, if we could give, if we could give Rourke MOP for what, seven weeks, I think Kelly can sit a week or two, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to just say, I mean, uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, I thought he played more than enough in the uh, 07 Grey Cup. I thought he did very well there. So uh, I don't think he played at all. I don't think that game happened. So, uh, Oh, yeah, I guess there's no stats anymore. Same like the 09 and 210 Grey Cup. I mean, the Riders won both of those, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, <laughs> so notably, I just wanted to bring up one quick little thing here as well. Uh, the Argonauts uh, – Jamal Peters, they bring him in back from the NFL, and he's a healthy scratch on the Toronto Argonauts team. I mean, anybody got some insight into that one? It just speaks to how deep this team is. Like, if Jamal Peters can be a healthy scratch on this team, like, he'd be an all-star on any team in the CFL, in my opinion. They, they've got depth everywhere. Great. I, I agree, and maybe give a guy some time to get the playbook, because the league's see it's tough the leagues are different enough right where probably from a physical standpoint he's ready to go but from a playbook and a waggle and different things right there might be some adjustment period and like ryan said there's guys who have established he i I, he yes he's a great guy but who's he gonna take out like there's nobody on that team that's lost their spot all other 18 well maybe not winnipeg and maybe not bc but the other six sure you could take out your best receiver and this guy's probably could earn the spot right but on these those three teams it's really tough to take anybody out right now right and especially toronto you take a guy out and he's gonna sit there and be like what's my my you know my four catches my four touchdown catches and all these thousand yards i've caught for kelly this year mean nothing and and that that's gonna create a problem in the locker room which you don't want at six and one right like yeah you bring a guy in 
he understands what he's doing. He's been in the NFL. He got cut. Like he understands the process. He'll wait. Someone gets hurt. He'll get a yeah. shot. I think that's kind of what they're banking on. Yeah, and after uh, the season he had last year for them, like, and going and then going off the NFL, I think to get him back and have him just as depth because the other guys you replaced him with to start the year were yeah. good enough that he can't get back in. Like, like they're stacked on the on the back seven or whatever it is yeah. on the defense there. So, and you have to remember it's preseason in the NFL. How many more guys like that are we potentially going to get? Right. So, if you're going to just start replacing every NFL cut that comes back up here. Then ever what you know what's kind of the point, right? So it's and great you know to what? have football back, right, guys? Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just ask TSN. Anyway, uh on a side note, nice job sportsnet on uh talking a little bit about the uh, CFL teams and adding them into the uh oh. conversation for once. Good job, Sportsnet. Just Anyways, wait till that TV uh, deals up. <laughs> yeah, now maybe that's their push right now. We mentioned you guys once. Hey, come sign with us. Anyways, uh, Jamal Peters actually might get an opportunity here to start sooner than you think. When I look at the injury chart uh, for the Argonauts, they only have one practice so far this week. Uh, I'm just taking a look here. Jared uh, Brinkman, uh, defensive lineman, foot injury, didn't practice today. Uh, and Darius Pickett, defensive back, hip injury, he didn't practice as well. So that would be maybe the spot that Jamal Peters can fill in as well. Uh, also, Trayvon Tate. Uh, defensive lineman, he was in uh, knee injury. He was limited in practice as well as uh, Devaris Daniels. Knee injury, he's limited. I think he's been on the sixth game, though, if I'm not mistaken. Nope? Okay. So I'm crazy. Uh, nevertheless, uh, he is uh, also limited with a injury as well. Over on the Ottawa side of the football, uh, this is going to be very interesting to talk a little quickly about. Dustin Crum, have teams figured him out? I think Maybe some guys have. After that Hamilton game, he hasn't quite looked the same. Uh, thoughts and what does he need to change to maybe get guys back uh, guessing what he's up to and getting more of those heroics going on? Uh, Trey, what do you see out of Crumb? You know, it, it's it, he's hitting the baseline that Rourke never hit and other guys never hit, right? You're going to come back down to reality, right? You can only be hercules for so long but i mean unless you're that next thing i don't think he's that like it's great the story he's had the couple comebacks and everything but do i think he's that next Bo levi caleros no do i think he's maybe in that fajardo harris next range sure i i think he just needs to game manage and keep doing what he needs to do to get his team to win i don't think ottawa like even with or without kelly i don't even with Kelly starting, if like let's say Kelly's 100%, I could see Ottawa winning this game. It's a rivalry game, Southern Ontario. Ottawa's not that far out of it. They're getting some momentum going with the new quarterback and new situation. So I think he just needs to keep playing. He, he's a couple levels past Trey Ford. What we said with Trey Ford, he needs to do certain things. Well, now Crumb's a few levels farther down, and he just needs to be make sure he's really getting the fundamentals. And he needs to get to the game where he doesn't need to do a 30-yard run up the middle to beat the team in overtime to win. He needs to do things in the second, third quarter, fourth quarter that makes his team up by a touchdown at the end of the game. Right, Ryan? 
Yeah, he's going to be, I mean, he's, every week so far he's put his team in position to win it late or be close late, right? And he's done a good job of that. But to me, this is the true test for him this week because everything's been about the run game and not about the pass game for him. Well, the Argos have the third best run defense, I think it is, in the CFL, and they have one of the worst passing defenses. So if you're going to succeed offensively against this Argos team, chances are it's going to be through the air. Uh, and so that's a big test now for, uh, for Dustin Crum to be able to, uh, you know, go and try to get something going in the passing game. Like I said earlier, he's only pa- averaging, what, 20, 24 pass attempts a game. Uh, they got to lean on that a little bit more, I think. Uh, and he's got to be accurate when doing so. So I think there's, this is going to be a tough test. It's a tough test for him. And, and I'm excited to see how he can respond to it this week. And just looking over the next couple of games, they play Toronto this week, Montreal next week, and then Edmonton. That's a big three games, right? Like Edmonton, you think would be a a gimme, but you never know. Montreal, that's the battle for second or third, kind of that middle spot. And now Toronto, you got the beast. This is a big three games for Ottawa. If they go three and oh, somehow we're talking about a team now who would be what? Six and five over 500, probably second place in the East. Is that not even a team that, like, you know, they're in that position. I could see them going two and one easily, don't you guys? I could see the win against Montreal. I could see the win against Edmonton for sure. I mean, but uh, this team here, this is going to be a very good challenge for them. I mean, it. you know what I want to see really out of Dustin Crumb now? Him actually standing in the pocket a little bit more. And I've said this again a little while ago. Uh, I want to see him make his passes. I want to see him make some short passes like Mason Fine has a little bit. Uh, I want to see him develop a little bit into more of a three-dimensional quarterback instead of just, oh, well, there's nothing run. And I that drives me nuts with quarterbacks once in a while. Uh, they see a big field, and it's American. It's an American thing. Americans have such small fields that, oh, well, we can't go nowhere. We may as well try to throw it. So then you do develop a good passing quarterback. In the CFL, you develop a quarterback that goes and sees a big field. And when an American comes in and sees this big field and wide field, hey, look, look at all that room. Oh, no, these guys are fast. And then they get nailed. So I think that's what's starting to happen to Dustin Crumb a little bit. Uh, but I really hope that uh, he comes and uh, tries to, like, again, throw the ball a little bit more. And maybe it's not doing the deep ball. Maybe you just get Shaq Evans on a four or five-yard pass and let him try to get some yards. Uh, maybe you try to go and get uh, Braylon Addison open. I mean, he's back now and he's looked good. I mean, you just got to maybe get some medium yardage plays out of uh, out of Dustin Crumb and get him looking a little bit more ahead of himself instead of way back out or looking downfield to see what he can find. And when he, if he doesn't find anything, get running. Maybe you just got to pull his eyes back a little bit, I think, and that might help him out just a little bit. But maybe see, I'm not a quarterback. Seeing as I'm not a quarterback, yeah. I mean, why would you listen to me what I'm saying anyways? So to be fair, NCAA college football quarterbacks run a lot. Like if you looked at Manzel and Tebow and a lot of these guys, they run a lot. So I can see why they see the extra wide field and their eyes go big and be like, man, I ran for 2000 yards and threw for 5,000 and whatever big 10, which is now has 20 teams in it. But you know what I mean? Like I could see where they get that mindset, like, and it's probably hard to change. And then there's probably that American 
I don't want to say arrogance, but oh, I'm in Canada. I could see. I mean, you know, and, and I, I, again, it's something you gotta get over. But why? I, I, see, I, I, he, see, I'm not against his running. His running, his running's impressed me. I feel he's ran at the right times. He's not forcing things that I've seen. I feel Cornelius and a couple other guys have forced things. I, I think Crom's doing the right things. He's not. He's not your like strevler runner by any means he's not that kind of guy but he's also he's a guy that's mobile and uses it at the right times to help his team he he's he's a 30 yard run like you know what i mean caleros would have never done that and caleros could have easily made that run bo you know there's a bunch of quarterbacks that not bo i don't know why i said bo there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that have the energy and the the physique to make that 30 yard run but don't do it because they're doing what you're saying. They they sit in the pocket. He made that run at the right choice, right? And I think Crum, like I said, I don't think he's the next MOP by any means, but I think he's the next guy that next time th- or next th- next year we might be fighting over in our fantasy league draft. He's a guy that we might be talking about in our top five quarterbacks in the offseason very easily. But is he going to be Caleros worthy and the other guys? I don't know, right? So, but you know, if his running goes off, I mean, that's what we liked about Rourke, right? Didn't Rourke do a 300-inch and took it off for 40 yards or 50 yards, right? Crum could do that, couldn't he? Yeah, the thing with Nathan Rourke was he also threw for 450 yards a game on top of that. That's true. So that's part of it, too. That's true. I'm just saying I'm not overly worried about Crum's running like I am. Like, I felt Cornelius forced it. There's Mm. some guys I feel force it because they see the whatever it is uh 10 feet or 10 yards wider each side or whatever and they're like oh i'm gonna i can beat that db and then they get to the sideline and they maybe gained a yard or lost the yard and they're like oh crap that db can actually run a 40 quicker than anybody i've ever seen right so you know i think but i think crumb can calculate it looks like he's calculated that when he made that overtime run against winnipeg uh some notable injuries there for the ottawa red blacks uh, I'm just going to try to see if I can find it here real quick. Uh, Braylon Addison, Achilles injuries. He's fully recovered from that. He's ready to go. Uh, Dante Bowles, same thing also for the offensive lineman leg injury. He's fully ready to go as well. Uh, CJ Lewis, wide receiver. Achilles injury didn't practice, uh, nor did I expect him really to on this one. I don't think he's been playing very much for the Red Blacks at all this season. Uh, Drew Desjardins, that could be a big offensive line, uh, big signing for the uh Red Blacks this season. He's got an ankle injury. hasn't practiced yet. Uh, this is early in the week, though, so you never know what can happen. Uh, same thing also, uh, Deshaun Stevens. Head injury. Hasn't practiced as well. Uh, one quick thing. We did bring it up over on our uh, Discord uh, channels. Who is the best backup quarterback in the league right now? Uh, I just want to bring this one up real quick with you guys. Uh Give your guy and why. Uh, I'll go first. To me right now, it is uh, uh, Dane Evans for me. I think that he is probably the most experienced. He's got the best, uh, uh, what do you call, probably uh, look in the play. I don't really like his deep balls, but I do like that he can manage a game pretty well uh, when he needs to. Just don't look at those interceptions. Trey, uh, who's the best backup quarterback right now in the CFL? I'm going to sound like a major homer, but I'm going to say Drew Brown because I really was impressed with what he did when he played to the point in the offseason. I said on this podcast, I'd be okay with him getting rid of Caleros for him, right? So you 
we could play that. We're not, no one cares enough to edit it. Right. So, but I'll go back and find it. I did say that. And I think he's just a guy that's an unfortunate missed opportunity. Well, not missed opportunity as in he's playing behind probably the guy who could win the MOP every year for the next this year, last year, whatever. Right. I think there's a lot of teams that would take a guy like Drew Brown after what he did those few games. And I know I look dumb saying that I look like a homer, but I don't know. There's a couple of things he's done that really impressed me, Ryan. I think it's probably somebody like Matt Schiltz, but I got to say, I do actually really like the take that balls he had, uh, that Mason Fine is the uh, best backup. Yeah, I can't believe I said that. I was gonna say, we should save that. That's maybe never been said in the history <laughs> of the CFL podcast radio universe, right? I mean, we've been just going on the writer's commentator even. I don't even know if his name has ever been brought up. <laughs> I got to I gotta agree with Ballsy, though. I think Where do you guys come up with these it? guys? Everyone, every every writer play-by-play guy gets just, is just something else, eh? Peterson, Ballsy, everything, right? Like, <laughs> DT. Yeah, exactly. Well, DT was, yeah, DT. Yeah, but I think Fine is like if I look at all these guys, I think Fine has the uh, potential to establish himself as the best passer out of all of them. I think a guy like oh. Rum has the running ability in it as well. But I've hyped up Fine so far, uh, and I'm on board with him here, so I'll go with that one there. So you're saying I should start him in our fantasy league? Maybe over Dude, Kelly, over Kelly who's off. probably an injury, right? You know, I'd probably still go Chad Kelly in that sense, but. Well, you're also tied with me in fantasy, Mr. Fantasy God. So should I really listen to you? I'm tied with you? Well, in our Discord, what, you're like seventh and I'm ninth? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, people, like... are, people are good at this. Speaking of fantasy, uh, players to watch in this game here. We've got three of them for you. We'll start on the Toronto side. Uh, it's a little bit muddy with Kelly's injury, but it seems like he's probably going to play. Uh, but I like wide receiver Cam Phillips at $9,400. It's a great positional matchup. He winds up at middle slot back, or what I call middle slot back. I don't know what the actual technical term is. Um, The Red Blacks give up a league worst 13.7 points per game to that spot, four more than any other team in the CFL. He's got 14 targets in the last two games, and last week put up 19.4 points. That was with Chad Kelly going down due to injury. I think he's my favorite Argos receiver play right now as we still try to figure out who the top one is. Uh, and I also have the Argos defense because uh, Dustin Crum uh, has been sacked a lot. They, as mobile as he is, they cannot keep him upright. Uh, five or more sacks against in each of their last five games. Argos are one of the top teams against the run as well, so I think they're going to have to force Crump to pass a little bit, and I think that could lead to a couple of interceptions. The Argos do lead the league in that category. Also got one name to lock in on the Ottawa side of things, but I want to hear from you guys first. Uh, Trey, who do you have on the in this game for fantasy? Fantasy enough, I don't have anyone in this game. Oh, no, I have Olet. I have Olet. I forgot about Olet. I got to go with Duck Dynasty Olet. Oh, he just looks like a guy that eats like frog legs raw, doesn't he? Like he just he just wakes up and pisses Louisiana. You know, I just love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I really do. Would like if you need like in our league, our our private league, like I got Gittens because of the Canadian aspect and a couple other things. But I, I think Toronto is getting overpriced, right? And after their loss last week, I'm just kind of worried about a back-to-back loss, especially we're talking about Kelly 
being out, maybe Ottawa gets the win here. Uh, kind of this is kind of a trap game situation as well, right? So, yeah, that's kind of I'm kind of sticking away from them, uh, Adam. I have absolutely nobody in this game, and I am not too concerned about it because, again, you're right, Trey. The Argonauts burnt me last week, and I don't like getting burnt. Uh, I don't think that they would this week, honestly, but uh, I just can't afford them, to be honest with you. Most of their guys, Cam Phillips was one where I roster a few times, and I do enjoy using them, but not this week. Uh, and then the Ottawa Bert? side. I was at the beach all day, and this is how tan I am. Look at that. <laughs> Dang gingers, man. Holy sorry. I just look at it and I'm getting a glow off of my computer screen. I'm sorry. Dude, just come out and hang out on a combine. You get this oh, nice man. farmer town. No, like, you know, I get man, I get <laughs> dude, I get nothing. I am white. Like, that's my up. Like, I geez, man. Sorry, we're that's... over an hour and a half. Ryan got fake. Go yeah, we better get on this here. Yeah, no, I don't have anybody, Ryan. All right, fair enough. I, I do have one name on the Ottawa side, and this is probably one of the first names I locked into my lineup, although now other options have made me reconsider, potentially. But it's Justin Hardy at $10,000 uh, for Ottawa. Last week proved once again that the left slot back against the Argos is probably the best matchup available in fantasy football that you can target any given week. When Tommy Lee Lewis filled in for Trey Odom's Dukes and put up 14.8 points against them, uh, Justin Hardy did have just three targets last week. It was a bit disappointing, but in the four games before that, he averaged eight and a half. I think a healthy target share in a dream matchup uh, has the potential for an explosive week here for Justin Hardy, if Dustin Crump can get that passing game going uh, there. Uh, those are our fantasy options for this game. Uh, the betting line here, uh, Trey, uh, you weren't able to find one originally. Were you? Oh, able to yeah. Find now? yeah. I, I looked at a, I looked at the new Neo bet, the official partner, both, um, cool bet and whatever Manitoba is it. I can't remember what that's called. Now they both had it down must maybe it's because of che- uh, Kelly's injury, right? Sometimes they take things down over a big thing like that. But I found it on the new official partner of the CFL is Neobet. Seven and a half for them, Argos. That's a big line, especially potentially if Chad Kelly is out with a 44 and a half over under. I'm going to take Ottawa. This might be the first time I bet against Toronto. I don't know if they will win, but rival game Sunday afternoon, backup quarterback. Sounds like a game that Crum could get to overtime, doesn't it? And hard to get over seven and a half points in overtime. I don't think it's possible. Well, might be. Do you have to go for two? If you have to go for two, then yeah, it is possible. Very hard. So I'm going to go Ottawa <clears throat> plus seven and a half with the... I don't know why I typed this in our chat, but I went to over. But anyway, um, Ryan, what do you got? Oh, I could go either way on this one. I could see Toronto winning it handily, but Crum every single game finds a way to bring it close at the end. So, yeah, I think I'll take Ottawa to cover this one. I'll still take Toronto to win the game, um, but I am also going to take the over on this one. I can see I can see this being a, a higher-scoring game. Again, two of the worst passing defenses in the CFL, so uh, let's, let's see some uh, fireworks through the air. Adam? I know. Yep. No, sorry. Uh, my thing wasn't letting me click the mute button. Anyways, uh, I'm going to take the Argonauts. I think that they'll win this one pretty handedly. Uh, 
they ain't going to lose two in a row. And especially I'm sure Chad Kelly is playing because he's Chad Kelly and he wants to play. Uh, and I think, yeah, I, I can't see this one being really a close game, to be honest with you. I'm going to take the over and I'm going to take the Argonauts. Oh, we all took the over. I like that. Okay. Look, I, I've been liking the Argos this year, though. Like, I'm pretty impressed with them. You know, they just go, what were they, 10 and 8 last year, 9 and 9? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they weren't much better. And then, oh, just a couple good drives in that really cold. I remember that cold game because I was wearing shorts. And then next thing you know, they're what almost undefeated. And they're not going to go undefeated. They're going to have a game against Calgary. They're going to have a game. They actually play Winnipeg they have uh, around my birthday so i'm pretty excited for that so they're gonna have games like that right but it's hard i, I don't know how they're not number one in the power rankings boys don't get me started on yeah. power rankings here an hour and 40 something minutes into the show uh but let's round things out with our uh, fantasy league matchups and results uh in our private draft league um the reason mike's probably not here tonight is because he's out planning the parade because uh, he had a monster week, 126.9 points. I mean, he had Colero. He had basically every top scorer of the week. It's insane. He had Coleros. He had Oliveira. He had Kenny Lawler. Uh, his lowest scoring player had 10 points. Uh, massive week for Mike uh, at 126.9. Next highest score was me at 68.7. Trey had 60. Adam had 50. We all kind of sucked this week outside of, I mean, Trey and I got some points from Dembski and Schoen, but that was pretty much it. Uh, and Mike has taken over the official lead in the overall standings with 755.6 points. I'm about 10 points behind him. Uh, Trey, I think you're about 80, 90 points back there. And then Adam's about 40 points behind you. So, uh, I want to impose a new rule that there's like a there's like an attendance rule, so you have to show up to a certain amount of podcasts or you don't count. That's the only way, <laughs> the only way to get rid of Mike right now. That's the only way because he's too good. What a monster! Uh, what a monster performance from him this week. It was insane. Uh, we haven't got to see Mike's whiteboard. I think that's the problem. Yeah, hey, he's having a great fantasy season so far. Uh, transactions for this week. He picked up Trey Ford and got rid of Dane Evans. Uh, he also put uh, Braden Lenius on IR and picked up J Jared Stearns. I put Kayon Julian Grant on IR and I picked up Tyson Philpott because uh, I need another Canadian there. Uh, and I released Tim White because I'm tired of being disappointed week after week and picked up, uh, who did I pick up? Uh, Sean Bain Jr. that I can't believe was still available on the waiver wire. Nobody bid on him. Uh, so I'll take that. Uh, in the CFL podcast fantasy league this week, we play against other members from around various CFL podcasts out there. Uh, let's see this week. Uh, Trey, you had a big victory. You had, I think, the third highest score of the week. Kudos to you, 99.1 points on the week. I pulled out a narrow one point victory over Travis from two and out, uh, and uh, got lucky because I think he had Trey Odom's Dukes in his lineup. So if he would have actually put somebody in who played, I probably would have lost that. Adam, you, you lost to the league champ this week i mean uh nothing a save button would could have done for you this week to change the result of this one it was just i'm not even arguing this one here i had like what 50 some points i mean 
there's nothing to be said here. This was just a terrible week uh, for me. And uh, yeah, good job, Steve, for uh, getting the best uh, points for the week. In terms of the overall standings, I'm still locking down the uh, the first place in the standings. Uh, Trey, you're right on the uh, right on the edge of the playoff line there in ninth place. Adam, you got some ground to make up here, falling to 13th in the uh, in the standings there. Uh, as we look at our matchups for this week, uh, we've got a couple of matchups with the Turf District. I'm facing Kayla. Uh, Trey is facing Andrew. Uh, we couldn't make it three for three in the matchup schedule apparently because Adam is playing uh, adults from Rouge Radio. So make sure you check out those great shows, all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well. Uh, in our Discord League, uh, Trey, you picked up a big win there as well this week. So double wins for you this week. Uh, Mike picked himself up a win as well. Adam, you and I both lost, uh, unfortunately. Uh, losses for both of us there. Uh, kudos to people in our Discord League. Uh, we're struggling there, boys. Uh, Mike's in fourth. Adam, you're in seventh. I'm in eighth. Trey is in ninth. Uh, and we're getting our butts kicked here. Uh, shout out to FM Fan 2014 uh, for being the league leader uh, at seven and two on the season so far. Uh, matchups for this week. Uh, I'm, uh, let's see, Mike's facing Larry. Adam, you're facing FM Fan. Trying to complete, I believe, the. Uh, the destruction of the entire CFC crew. I think he's beaten all of us so far. You're our only hope. Uh, I'm facing Cheppy, uh, and Trey's facing Extreme 88, who's also near the top of the standings. So chances for some wins to move up the standings here this week, boys. Uh, let's make it happen. Uh, we got to take it, take back our league uh, here in those, uh, of course, lots of fun there uh, with other members of our Discord community. Uh, and all that fun stuff there. Time to wrap up the show, I think, uh, at, at this time. Uh, let me go. And is that what I want? That's what I want. There we go. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Same time, same place uh, for our Week 11 preview. We'll do all the same fun things, matchup storylines, uh, fantasy players to watch, uh, betting odds, probably a bunch of nonsense in between as well. Uh, of course, we like to have some fun here also. Uh, if you want additional content each week, we do an additional show in our Discord community weekly. It should be back with Mike and I driving home, although maybe Adam wants to join us from the Combine there as well. We'll see uh, next week. Uh, you can check that out in the Discord community. Also, the link to that is in the episode description. It's free to join. Uh, on social media, you can find us on... I guess i got to change this graphic. So you can get your graphic. You can find us on X at CF Countdown Pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. Yet to see whether we can actually post our episodes there or if we're considered news, because apparently you can't uh, post and share news in Canada on Facebook now. So, you know, social media is a fun time lately. Um, I'm on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. Um, Mike's not here, but you can find him at Mike Garrell. Uh, Trey, you're next. Uh, you've got a lot going on these days. Where can people find it all? Yeah. You know what? I talk about my silly horse racing a lot, but if there's a week to get into it, it could be the next few or this next week is Gold Cup and Saucer Week. And that's the biggest week in PEI history. Uh, if you don't believe me, if you go to your calendar and check next Friday, 
it's a holiday gold cup parade. It'll say if you have it says it on mine. It's an actual holiday where the the, the province the PI shuts down for this race, Old Home Week. It's called Gold Cup and Saucer. Huge race for them, and I'll talk about it on my other podcast, which you can see in the Discord or at treyharnesslink.com. It's great time. Like this race goes off after midnight in PE time, which is like beyond late. And they got spotlights. They have these girls come out with the horses. Like it is a spectacle. And if you've never gotten into it, check out my podcast too, because you'll probably want to get into it. So give a shout out. Adam, buddy, I can't you're where I a white rider jersey, man. I'm I'm surprised that's not dirty from all the hard work you're doing today, buddy. Where can people find you? Well, it's not dirty because I just put her on and finished washing it off here before I started the show. It's a, it's a way week. I got to wear a white jersey. Anyways, uh, you can find me at Adam Stewart one uh, over on the Twitter. Uh, sorry, X, whatever they want to call it nowadays. Uh, yeah, it's going to give it to you. Anyways, uh, press bet though is head over to Instagram. Farmer in Saskatchewan. You can see a lot more stuff over there. I've always got videos or posts or things going on. Today was just boring. I was just posting a grain auger, augering some wheat. Some people think that's fascinating. For me, it's just another day or uh, third Wednesday. So, yeah, uh, lots of farm pictures, lots of harvest pictures coming. Uh, Going to get some rain here, it looks like, for the next day or so. So might be a little bit delayed, but uh, always something fun going on. There's also the Theodore Super Swamper this weekend, which means that there is just a pile of red, uh, you know, red-collared guys uh, running through a big mud pit. So, that should be fun to watch. Uh, lots of stuff going on over at my page. Ryan, where can guys find you or what can they do to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, first of all, are there betting odds on this on this running through the med, uh, mud pit race? I'm sure we could probably make some. Or Trey, you want to come make us some odds? I'll bring my whiteboard. <laughs> Back in the day when they had chalkboards doing odds, man, I'd love that with my whiteboard. Let's go. Hey, single the game, single race betting is allowed now in Saskatchewan. So I mean, just bring it out. We can make some money on this, I think. Well, perfect. Let's go. The way my CFL picks are going, we're not making money on there. So uh <laughs> wow, betting this year in general has been the worst. Like, I don't get it. I still say I think I'm leading, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> I know because we were talking about the whole Twitter and X renaming. I'm so sad. My phone died this week, and when it restarted, it updated things. Now I have the app. Now the app has changed, and now I'm just just sad. I went forever, too, with it still being Twitter. Everyone I knew had the X, and mine was still Twitter, and I don't know how. Because like, I'm on my phone yeah, 24-7. So. Mine updated like right away, right to oh. X, and I was like, oh, I don't like it. I want the bird. Just bring it back. Just create a shortcut on your phone that has the old logo that points to the new one. That's an option. Uh, anyways, uh, I think that's pretty much everything for tonight. So whatever. Uh, thanks to everybody who joined us live. Thanks to anybody listening after the fact as well. Whatever podcast platform you are listening on, we appreciate it if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. On behalf of our panel here this evening, Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.